what's going on everybody this is maddie moon with episode seven of mind body musings the podcast where you can learn the most intricate details about the body the mind and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size i was recently a guest on the health nuts anonymous podcast with jeff fry and jay charveau where i talked about food rules and dieting we had such a great talk, so today I've asked one of the handsome devils to join me on my show. Jay is a recovered health nut who's overtrained his body and overcomplicated exercise in the name of health. He's come full circle to find what works for him, and he is now thriving in his own body using dietary methods such as carb backloading and nutrient timing to achieve optimal health. Jay has come to the conclusion that when it comes to fitness, Less can sometimes really be more. So without further delay, what's going on, Jay? Hey, what's up, Maddie? Not much. How's your day Thanks been? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Yeah, so for everyone that's listening, me and Jay are actually looking at each other. I never do video. It's always audio. And he just begged me to do video because he got all handsome and pretty for me. So we have to do video. I don't video. know about that. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> Totally kidding. So yeah, um, I know I've brought this up a lot and people are probably tired of um, me talking about it, but Paleo FX, you went to Paleo FX and that's kind of how I was introduced to the Health Nuts show. So what did you think about Paleo FX? We didn't really get to see each other or meet there, but what, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I, I came a few days later than you guys, but <clears throat> I loved Paleo FX. I thought it was awesome. Um, it was just overall for me, what I always get from it, and I've only been to it twice, but what I always get from it is the networking. You just meet a ton of people, no matter what you're doing. Any, any interest you have, you can walk up to them and talk to them and you can talk to them about whatever their interest is. It's awesome. Did you go to any specific talks that you really liked? Um, I went to a few. Unfortunately, I didn't have access to the upstairs panels. Oh, no. Like, yeah. The premium stuff. So I was, <laughs> I was on, I was, you know the bottom of the uh the feeding bowl at the bottom downstairs the whole time but um yeah i liked uh, the gymnastics bodies talk that oh. uh, coach summers gave that, oh. was, that was motivating yeah you're really into gymnastics bodies aren't you i was yeah i did it for about a month and a half and then uh just because of my work schedule i wasn't able to keep up with it but it's definitely coming back around here pretty soon it was awesome when you do gymnastics bodies do you also like do you incorporate it with your weightlifting routine or do you just focus on that uh i was doing it that plus a little bit of weightlifting like one or two days a week um it, i'm sure that you know i only did it for six weeks so it wasn't too intense in the initial stages i don't know if you're familiar with it but it's very very slow progressing right so it's it's almost like you know for the first few weeks it just didn't even feel like a workout because i was trying mm -hmm. to just gauge you know my skill and all the movements so i was getting a few workouts in but i'm sure once i get back into it and get eight nine weeks down the road i'll probably just be doing that yeah so for anyone that doesn't know what gymnastics bodies is it's kind of like it's not really like gymnastics when you first think of it like doing flips in your living room or anything like that but it's learning to be like flexible again and have mobility and do basic things that we could do as kids like back bends and uh, like mobility in the wrists and handstands. And actually, Jay, I bought the Foundation One series of gymnastics bodies because I started going to the gym in Denver and I was really excited about it and was like, I should oh, practice right. this at home. Yeah, um, I kept up with it for maybe two weeks. It's just, I couldn't, I was like so spread thin. I was trying to go to gymnastics bodies and then do all of my weightlifting that I was already doing, plus my like sprints and then, um, what else was I doing at that time? Like, I don't know, I was rock climbing. I was trying to juggle like all these different fitness things. And I'm like one of those very organized people. So I was like, okay, Monday is dedicated to this day. And Tuesday is dedicated to this day. And right. then I was like, okay, I just can't be juggling all these things. So I stopped doing the, the gymnastics bodies, which I will probably pick up at some point. Cause I would really like to be able to do a back bend without like aching. Cause it hurts. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> That's insane you were able to do that much plus the, the gymnastics body even for a few weeks, though. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I wish I could do all that without, like, trying to organize it all and just, like, feel 
feel it and be like, I feel like doing this today and then do it. But that's something I'm working on, like trying to be able to be more intuitive with exercise, not just food, but also exercise, like not having a, like a certain schedule with all the workouts because it's just so much more enjoyable when you're like, I feel like doing this and then you do it, you know? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. So that's a good segue into what we're talking about today. Um, and so for anyone that does not know your background, can you give us a little bit of insight and detail? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So I'll try and give you the, the quick thousand foot view. Um, in high school, I got interested in bodybuilding. That's really where it all started. You know, I had some friends that um, were on the football team. I was actually, I didn't go to their public school, but they got me interested and they were just huge. And like, man, you want to be big like us? Come work out with us, you know? And so I started doing the bodybuilding thing. And uh, six meals a day, no explode, you know, the whole shebang. <laughs> oh, N-O, yeah, that's my stuff. Yeah. Just Remember kidding. that? No explode, no <laughs> shotgun, all of yeah. it. Um, so anyways, so uh, that's how I, I initially got interested in it. And uh, about four or five years later, I became a personal trainer and wanted to take it to the next step and started training people. I worked at a Globo gym, which I'm not not proud of. Which one? But, was uh, it Gold's or was it 24? LA Fitness. Oh, neither one. All right. Not as bad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's... Hmm. I saw some weird, weird stuff going there. I probably can't say. I'll have to wait till we're off air. <laughs> but um, so I was working there, and I worked there for about two years. I also picked up my own personal training business on the side, and started training clients on the side because it was a lot more money. It was a lot more enjoyable. You had more than fifteen minutes with a person, and they actually listened to what you were saying. So, about two years into that, though, I really got came down with uh, mono. Still not sure how I got that. Um. But I came down with that, got really sick, basically ended up in bed for about about six months. And it just put everything on hold, like my entire life, not even just personal training, but just everything was on hold. And I had to like step back and reevaluate re everything, right? So I kind of recover six months and then three months later, I get better. I go back to personal training and <laughs> I come down with it again. And I'm like, man, this is a mono relapse, which I've never heard of. That's really weird. You know, just really freaky so uh basically the moral of the story is that <laughs> when i got involved with personal training i ended up just eating horribly sleeping horribly i was doing crossfit six days a week i wasn't recovering i had no balance or didn't put any thought into what i was doing at all and that's why i had the relapse so i ended up on basically in bed again for another six months not really able to do anything i went back to my parents for a while i had to kind of get back on my feet and I was kind of just out of, out of the loop. You know, I got a normal job again for about a year. I just kind of tried to get my bearings again. Does that make sense? Like just to kind of mm -hmm. get a grasp on things again. And then, uh, you know, it, that was two, three years ago. Um, and since that recovery point where I've kind of, where I realized what I was doing was not beneficial to my health, I've, I've made it a priority and, uh, you know, to be healthy no matter what, you know, priority one. And uh, I'm just, it's been up, up since then. So recovery and awesome. You really had to kind of hit rock bottom <laughs> to see that what you're doing was not the healthiest. Yeah, no, it was total rock bottom. That's the best way to put it. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so actually, I had mono too at one point, but I don't think mine was nearly as crazy as yours was because I was still working out and I actually worked at a grocery store. So I was like touching okay. people's food all day long and, but I, I mean, I got really dizzy a lot. Is that, did you experience that ever? Just getting really super dizzy? Like, um, no, occasionally, like I remember a few incidents. I worked at a grocery store as well. Actually, I worked at HGB for six years. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah, when I worked in dairy, I, I had a few dizzy, dizzy spells as well, but it wasn't anything too serious. For me, it was more about um, adrenal fatigue, which I'm sure your listeners are probably familiar with. But if they're not, it's basically when you overconsume caffeine, sugar, whatever, that's going to cause adrenals to overproduce, and it burns them out to the point where you're not producing any hormones anymore. You're right. The, the adrenals are that's what they're there for. They help produce and control hormones. So um, when I came down with the mono, I just it was a double whammy with this adrenal fatigue at the same time. 
So how did you know that you had adrenal fatigue? What kind of signs do you look for if you think you might have it? Uh, well, I knew it because you, you have a lot of free time on your hands when you can't do anything but sit in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of research. But um, so like a lot of people have adrenal fatigue. They just don't know what to call it. Um, most people, I, I would say, have some varying degree of adrenal fatigue. The biggest symptoms for me were just in the mornings. I had no energy. I had to have several cups of coffee just to get going, just to wake up, to get that cortisol up and get ready for the day. I also had to have lots of sugar constantly. If I didn't have it, I would have, you know, I just feel like crap. And man, I'll see a Snickers in the grocery store. Really want it? Yeah, let's have it. I don't care. You know, just no self-control. Um, just not a great place to be mentally or physically. You're always craving sweets and caffeine to try and feed your adrenals what they're not doing for you, which is energy. Yeah. So really the biggest symptom, I would say, would be a lack of energy. Yeah, but see, like, did you have this, did you have adrenal fatigue while you were training like a bodybuilder, or was it mostly when you were laying in bed from the mono? Well, so I think I, I got the adrenal fatigue when I was when I started bodybuilding after a few years of doing that and taking you know 350 milligram caffeine you know I remember like all the pre-workouts you know were just loaded which is ridiculous we would take like a pre-workout supplement and have a cup of coffee and then at night have a red line like it just got out of hand and you do that for a few years you eventually build up a tolerance to it and you get burned out I'm sure you, you oh yeah oh yeah. man I'm just like I have all these memories right now of just getting on bodybuilding.com and ordering the two for one deal on whatever uh, yeah. C4. And then I get that and like strawberry margarita flavor and like pink lemonade. And, and I'd have like one of those in the morning along with my cups of coffee. And then in the afternoon, you know, I can't have anything sweet. So I'd go for a diet Coke because that wouldn't hurt me for my bodybuilding show. So I'd have a diet Coke. And then at nighttime, oh man, I just like, I don't know if I mentioned this on your show. I'm going on a tangent now. But like for my for my sweet cravings, I'd have sweet cravings, but I would eat emergency packets. Did I ever tell you that? Interesting. No. That is such a health nut moment. I can't believe I didn't mention that. I think I yeah. wrote I think I wrote it down to bring up, but I must have forgot it. Yeah. Like once a week, I would have one of those emergency like vitamin C packets as my treat and it's like five calories and I had to make sure that like I stayed on the treadmill for a couple extra minutes to burn off the five oh calories gosh. of that dessert that dessert that's what I considered it and that's wow. that's pretty health nutty right I mean that's pretty just nutty period that's, that's pretty intense that you would consider that a dessert <laughs> yeah that's funny that you mentioned that though when I uh discovered all this adrenal fatigue stuff apparently vitamin c is the number one thing you can do for your adrenals uh, so when I found that out, I started thinking about two to five thousand milligrams a day, and it was just night and day difference, like within really? a day. What were you taking, like um, a capsule form or like powder, like what what I had as my dessert? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Uh, I did have a few of the dessert packs, but um, I I was doing the capsules as well, the powder yeah. capsules, the orange juice ones, whatever they're called. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so. How did you exactly work your way out of that? Just besides the vitamin C capsules, was it, did it require backing off of exercise and just more rest? I mean, you kind of had to rest with your mono, but for someone right. who doesn't have mono. Yeah, so it, it did. It, it took me, it took a lot of self-control, you know, coming from a personal trainer who just, I love to work out and love to move and love to help people move. I thought that I could still do that. And every time I tried to do it during that recovery period over the last three years, uh, it would backfire on me because your body doesn't have the capability to produce the hormones it needs to, to sustain you during a workout and to help you recover afterwards. So it just, it's like kicking something, kicking somebody that's already down. Like it just it really doesn't do you any good. And I actually, I remember two years ago, you can actually go back and listen to this on Rob Whoop's podcast, The Paleo Solution. I sent him a question and I was like, look, I have this mono thing, you know, and I don't, I want to exercise. What can I do? Cause I'm tired of just walking. And uh, it was cool. It was like a little five minute bit. He and Greg did on there. If you guys are interested, you can go to it a few years ago and listen to like what they suggested. And I know it's basically keep doing what I was doing. Maybe a few slow strength sessions, pushing the prowler, very low intensity, you know, no, no CrossFit, <laughs> definitely no CrossFit. Um, 
So backing off of exercise was a major one. Yeah, and then uh, also just with all the research I did, I found out supplementing with everything was important, vitamin C, vitamin D, fish oil, making sure you're getting all those nutrients. Uh, but the biggest thing that I did was changing to obviously the paleo diet, but to a higher fat version of the paleo diet is where I saw the most success. And you, I know you're familiar with all of that, but, uh, you know, just for your listeners, it's, it was all about as much fat as I could stomach, as much like good sources of meat as I could stomach and um, cutting out some of the carbs as well. You don't want to cut out too many because they do help the adrenals. Uh, you don't want to go super low carb. So I would keep it to at least 50 grams, maybe 30 to 50 grams a day, and maybe like a sweet potato after dinner or something like that. And that was, that was awesome as well. Because before, when I was personal training and doing CrossFit, I was eating Whataburger, I was eating whatever. It was, it was horrible. On a daily basis? Yes. Oh, really? So you weren't yeah. doing exactly like the chicken and broccoli out of the Tupperware thing? Oh, no. God, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, those days are fun. Just kidding. Yeah. No, not really fun. I have done that. <laughs> it takes some willpower. No, yeah, it's not fun at all. I mean, uh, it's kind of instinct after you get started. You just kind of want to eat that way because you're so used to it. But it's literally just the worst. It's just so time-consuming to prep and then to stick with it. And food gets so boring and you you lose your ability to intuitively eat and... Yeah, it sucks. Your energy is low. I don't know. It, just my experience. But real quick, I just wanted to throw in there when you're talking about Rob Wolf, it's like just really ironic that you brought that up because literally five minutes before we started recording this, I was on my Facebook and someone had shared a post that uh, Rob Wolf had just wrote something or I don't know if he wrote something a while ago and it was reshared. But someone asked a question saying, I'm doing CrossFit um, five times a week. I never have any cheats. I eat perfectly. I weigh this much. I'm this tall and I can't lose any body fat. And Rob's answer was like five or four tips. And it was like, one of them was take more vitamin C, like an emergency packet. And mm -hmm. one of them was don't do any CrossFit. <laughs> and then the other one I remember was sleep at least nine hours. So I think what he was trying to do was fix the adrenals as well from what you're saying yeah yeah it sounds like it and he's speaking to 80 percent of the people that are doing cross right now six days a week sleeping five hours a night working all day they've got a mortgage they've got kids you know all of that is a stressor and crossfit just is another punch to the gut so if you're not recovering well really it's not a great idea and to give you some perspective i was sleeping maybe three hours a night i'd get up at five do my boot camps go to la fitness do my own boot camps after la fitness at night Mm. and then sleep, sleep like three hours maybe because my cortisol was so out of whack I couldn't fall asleep before one or two wow. um it was so if you're familiar with cortisol right it starts high at the day top of the day and it falls as the day tapers off right it just gets lower so you know you're not like cortisol will amp you up so if you're trying to go to sleep it gets low so for me I went and got it tested where they actually inject you with some of it and see how you respond and mine was the complete opposite. So it would be super low in the morning and it would be spiked high in the evening. So I couldn't sleep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I just, I had all kinds of issues going on. It was an interesting time. So are there different types of adrenal fatigue, I guess? For a lot of the people that listen to my podcast are kind of in the fitness industry. Some of them might be ready to, to back off a little bit. What would you recommend that they do if, 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 if it's someone that's been doing the five days a week workouts, you know, eating out of the tub aware and stressing, lots of stress, and they might not necessarily have a hard time falling asleep. They might sleep well, but um, they're obviously tired. Would you recommend that they take uh, quite a bit of time off from the gym? Does it help to just taper off and then do just less working out and more intuitive eating or would you just say kind of try to stop cold turkey for a little while i don't know when you would start back up what kind of signs would you look for when you started back up mm, i got you so for people that maybe don't have it as pronounced as i did right refer to yeah um well just speaking from my own experience and from a lot of the clients that i trained that overtrained, i would have them back off about two to three days a week because most most people that were overtraining were training six days a week at least I would have them cut out a few days at least. 
I would also have them go to bed earlier. And then that typically would fix it. Just those mm-hmm. two things alone, like stop training so much and go to bed sleep or sleep sleep uh, earlier at night and sleep longer in the morning. If that didn't work, then I'd have to get involved with, okay, what are you doing with your diet? Are you eating enough carbs to, to sustain your training, et cetera? Um, so, yeah, I would say for people like that that just don't have that energy, but, you know, they, they can feel something low level going on. Cut a few days back, see how you feel. It's still there. You know, you just do things one by one until you, you get to a good place. Um, does that make any sense? No, oh, no, that's great. That's great advice. That's probably what I would try to recommend too. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's glide into your current diet and your current routine. What, how did you figure out what works for you and what are you doing right now? Give us the inside scoop. What's going on, Jay? The inside scoop. <laughs> I will give you, I will give you the inside scoop. So Basically, how I figured out for me, obviously, was just trial and error, right? So I just tried a bunch of things. I got a lot of testing done. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I had really, really low testosterone. Um, the normal during that time period, so a normal range is like 200 to 1200. Uh, if you're 20, I think it was 21, 22 at the time. So if you're 22, you should be up around 1,000. I was at like 200, which is Ooh. insane. Wow. You know, obviously I was having all kinds of problems along with that. So I don't know where I was going with that, but I did want to mention that. That was a huge problem. Obviously, I didn't get there without testing. So I did a lot of testing to figure out what works for me, what what I needed to attack. You know, I read everything on how to increase testosterone from there. And one of the things that always came back was a high-fat diet. So now, because I know that and because I've, I've basically fixed it and I'm in a better place in life, like I can really just... I can eat junk if I want, and it's fine. Really what works for me is I'll fast in the morning. This is just like a typical day of how I eat. I'll fast through the mornings um, till about maybe lunch to 2 o'clock. I'll have a super high-fat, high-protein meal, something like an avocado, some steak, uh, some coconut oil, stuff like that, grass-fed butter, bacon. If it's around, obligatory, I have to have it. <laughs> bacon rocks. Uh, and then for dinner, I usually wait like six to seven hours. Sometimes I just skip dinner, um, or I'll skip lunch. But, uh, yeah, for dinner, I'll do the same kind of thing. If I work out, I have some carbs afterwards and that's kind of how I do my diet now. That's just what works for me. Like I don't do a lot of carbs. You'll skip dinner? Sometimes, yeah. I just won't be hungry. That's real intuition. That's really knowing when you're hungry and when you're not because... I would. I always eat dinner because I'm supposed to eat dinner, and I'm always hungry. I can't remember the last time I wasn't <laughs> right. hungry at dinner time. <laughs> right, right. Well, once you start eating enough of this, and your body just learns to work off of it, like you just sometimes you just don't get hungry, and you gotta go with it, you know. And yeah, like you said, that's totally intuitive. I didn't know how you used to do that, but now it's it's just second nature. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm doing diet wise. It took me a while to get here. Did you ever have to go through any kind of like mental hurdles to get to that spot? I mean, I mean, I just, I think that coming from a bodybuilding type place where you're, you're in the fitness industry and you're really seeing all these bodies and you're aspiring to be like that. And then you have to shift your, shift your focus to actual health because you actually have a story. You know, you had mono, you had low T, you had um, adrenal fatigue. You know, it wasn't like you were just like, I need to stop focusing so much on aesthetics. I need to be healthy. I need to get out of bed. When you made that first jump, was it pretty easy for you to start focusing on health and focusing less on aesthetics? I mean, was it was it difficult? Was it easy? Um, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. It, it wasn't. It wasn't easy. I'll put it like that. It definitely caused me to shift my priorities from aesthetics, which I thought was everything, <laughs> uh, which is ironic because I didn't even really get anywhere with all the work that I put into it. And the cheeseburgers as well. That probably yeah. didn't help too much. Probably not. <laughs> you know, Whataburger's probably not the best for looking ripped, but unless you're car backloading. Oh, right. Well, we will have to get to that. <laughs> so, uh, But I would say the biggest mental shift was just like a change – my mindset as far as learning to treat myself with respect and I know that sounds really kind of like hippie-ish triage-ish but learning to treat myself with enough respect to let myself sleep to let myself eat well 
to not, you know, binge on Whataburger every night with because we're all doing it. Um, so it really, that was the biggest change in mindset. Um, it was almost, and that didn't happen instantly. It came over the period of that whole year, learning learning to cultivate ha- new habits, I guess. It's kind of like rewriting the program. Programming is what I was doing mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's fascinating. So what brought you to, like, was it just researching and reading that found, like, you realized that you should be eating a lot more fat and then that eventually led you to carb backloading? Actually, before we jump into that, let's explain what carb backloading is. I'll let you take this one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love carb backloading. It's awesome. If you guys listen uh, or have, have listened to Jeff at all, he's an even bigger proponent. He's, he's co-host on Health Not Moms. Uh, he loved it as well. So carb backloading basically means uh, you take all the carbs that you normally eat before a workout to try and fuel up. You would push all of them after your workout instead. Uh, and you would do that in the evening preferably. So an example that would be basically like I just described, you would eat high fat or fast through the morning. You would eat high fat through the afternoon, have your workout, then backload all of your carbs after that workout. And you would eat, preferably you want to eat a lot of carbs, like we're talking several hundred grams. Um, John Kiefer, the, the uh, inventor of carb backloading, recommends, initially recommended you eat stuff like Pop-Tarts, you know, stuff that's really like sugary, like get, you, get your uh, insulin up really quickly. But now we're, we're discovering you can eat sweet potatoes, rice, honey, you can do it. You can do it, like if that's not going to work for you, you can do it with healthy food. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a snapshot of carb backloading. Well, what about complex carbs? Can you have complex carbs after a workout? Like oats and brown rice and still get the same results you know i've only had i've only heard of a few people doing getting the same results with complex carbs i'm sure you can i haven't looked enough into that subject but from all the people that i've seen get results they typically will eat a lot of crappy carbs like i'm talking like a whole cake or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like something. But the other side of that is that the workouts that he's prescribing that you're doing four or five days a week are pretty intense. You're not just going to lay around, watch TV, and then eat bonbons at the end of the day. Like right. you're going to get a pretty intense workout in to help your body sop up all the carbs afterwards. Right. And the way that Kiefer actually discovered this diet was that he was doing kind of what, you know, Jay and me are talking about when we were eating – we're doing the bodybuilding lifestyle, not necessarily Jay's cheeseburgers, but more of like the really boring, bland diet, limiting carbohydrates, limiting fat, like just basically starving yourself and just eating protein and doing a lot of, I think he was doing both bodybuilding and kind of endurance training. But apparently one night, like his girlfriend brought home some donuts and he decided to eat the whole box. And, you know, he just had to eat the entire box. I guess it was kind of like a binge, you know, he was like, I got to have this. So he ate the whole box and, um, this part's not so attractive, but he threw it up, which is really kind of gross. But then he ate another box of donuts. That's right. This isn't the healthiest story. So please don't try this. This was, um, one of those, (laughs) this is definitely a trial and error, actually no error because it led to carb backloading, but basically he ate another box of donuts which was like 24 donuts that night and he woke up and he had like the leanest tightest six-pack he's ever seen so then you know lo and behold carb backloading was born and of course it's come a very like long way since then where he's constructed it to where you don't have to go through you know torturous things like he did that night and you can do it on a regular basis you can just eat a donut at night and then wake up and look lean and it's basically just a way to gain muscle with without gaining any kind of fat correct right right yeah and what about what about for um females how does this work for females does it work for females oh totally totally for women it definitely works um if you well you're familiar with andrea jingle obviously she's always posting pictures on facebook you guys should definitely head over and check out google andrea jingle she's awesome um we had her on our podcast as well and if you need proof that it works for women because some women are like oh, i don't know if i can eat that many carbs and i don't know i don't want to look shredded i don't know if this is for me go check out andrea jingle all she does is weight lift she doesn't do any of the regular cardio she carb backloads and she's ripped and toned and awesome she's definitely living proof that it works for women 
Yeah, she is really cool. I actually met her at PaleoFX, and we had a good, you know, 30-minute chat about it. Um, yeah, she's always posting pictures like, you think carb loading can't work for women? And then you see her, like, with her awesome arms and her six-pack. Yeah, definitely works for women. But the thing yeah, is... Next, that, to like, oh, next to, like, a tub of ice cream. Right. The thing that I have the most concern about for women doing this is that sometimes from like what I've read, saving all your carbs for night, I think this is just, this isn't for everybody, of course, but when they save their carbs for night, sometimes it's kind of hard to stop eating them because of that mental loop, mm -hmm. you know, the restriction, the food rule of having to save all of them for night. And then once they start eating them, they don't want to stop. So right. does that happen? Have you heard of that happening a lot with, with females? I've just heard of a few stories like that. Um, I've heard of a few stories as well. Uh, Kiefer came on our podcast and shared one um, that you guys can check out, but he definitely, he shared a story about a client that just kind of fell off the face of the universe. I don't know if you heard this. And uh, it was a female client that he put her on car backloading and was not aware that she was having some mental issues regarding what you were just talking about as far as self-control. And uh, you know, he ends up going to her house to find her like a month later and she just has boxes of treats all over the place and basically she hasn't gone to work in a month mm. and she's been locked up in her house just eating treats all night every day um oh, that's, that's so probably sad. An, yeah and it's probably an extreme case but i i know it's out there and i know for myself i i can't sustain more than one day of doing that if it's junk food a week because just because of my past of you know having those self-control problems i really if i do it more than one day i just it keeps rolling and like i love food so i'll just you know, whatever. I'll go eat another pizza. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely, I can, I can loosen up the range pretty quickly. So for me, I know it's happened, and I know it can happen for other people as well. So you have to be really careful with how you approach this, and be kind of like you were talking about, be intuitive with what you're, what you're capable of handling. Right, and you know, full disclosure, I've tried this before. I was actually talking to you, Jay, the other day about how I was wanting to try it again you know, I can't do it. It's not for me. I, I am such, I'm on this path of intuitive eating. And the minute, you know, I was just talking with you on your show about food rules. The minute I set that kind of food rule for myself, I become so focused on it and intense. And I think there, this is not the case for everyone, of course, but I think that men sometimes have an easier time following things like this. They don't take it so seriously. They don't focus so much on it. It's not the, I have to be like this or, you know, I'm not worthy. And there's just so much of that going on in our culture right now. Everyone's looking for that, that food rule, that perfect food rule for them. So that's, that's me. You know, I, I would love to think that I could stick to something again, but I really can't, you know, <laughs> I can't, even if it's an awesome diet, like with carb backloading, I mean, actually carb backloading is fine. That, I did that for like three months, actually. Yeah, I'm really talking about the carb night solution, which we haven't talked about yet. Mm -hmm. But you know, you know quite a bit about the carb night solution, right? Right. Yeah. So it's basically the same thing without the intensity of the workouts. If I'm not mistaken. So if you're not you're not doing five days a week and not carb backloading every night, you'll just have one night a week. You'll really go all out with all the things you want: Ben and Jerry's, um, pop tarts. I keep saying pop tarts. I really love pop tarts. Sorry, guys. That's like, that's my thing. I can eat oh, three boxes gosh. of pop tarts. You know, I love pop tarts. I, I mean, we're just we're we're Twinkies because after my bodybuilding show, the very first thing and the only thing I wanted was a pumpkin spice pop tart. So good. And you know, <laughs> those I, are pretty good actually. I still have that box of pumpkin spice pop tarts, and my competition was in November. I probably ate two, and they're still sitting wow. there. I know. Are you saving it like a bottle of wine, just like the longer it ages, you think the better it'll taste? You know, I'm just being honest here. I think I'm still working my way up with the with that kind of food, thinking it's okay to have it, you know? It's taking a while to think to to get on the that level where I can have a Pop Tart when I feel like a Pop Tart. But you know, it's waiting for me right. and it might even be after the show. Who knows? <laughs> nice, nice. So have you ever had any like epic, super delicious carb backloading meals that you have to share with us? Oh, man. I've had a few. Uh, man, let me think. So are you familiar with Whole30? 
Oh yeah, I did one of those. I did more like a whole ninety. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. You did a, th a whole thirty for three months. I didn't understand that there was actually a cutoff date. I mean, I really thought that the whole thirty was just kind of like a phrase, and then I realized oh, yeah. you're really supposed to add those things back in. I just didn't want to do it. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm doing a whole thirty right now, and I started it uh, a few days ago with a friend here in Houston, and um, so I was like, you know, I really want to have some good food before I do this. <laughs> so my roommates were calling me out. They're like, Jay, you're the health nut. Why are there DiGiorno pizza boxes in the trash? You know, why is it been Jerry's all over the place? So, but that's really honestly like my go-to cheat is just like typically a whole pizza and then mm -hmm. a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Like a pint? Whatever. Oh yeah. yeah a pint. What's your yeah. favorite kind? Uh, I like the American, uh, American dream cone or whatever. The one with, uh, what's his name on the front? The comedy news guy, you know what I'm talking about? Stephen Colbert. He's on an ice cream? Yeah, he's on the Ben and Jerry's one. Oh, I know. It's called Americone Dream. What it's is so inside good. of it? What's inside? It's like bits and pieces of like waffle cone, which is, oh, oh my gosh, it's so good. And then uh, I also like the Bluebell birthday cake ice cream, which is really oh. fatty. Like, you don't get fattier than a birthday cake in an ice cream. Oh god. <laughs> Sounds so good. <laughs> I I am such an ice cream girl. I love my ice cream. I don't know if you heard my podcast with Justin Manning, but before the show we both made a pact to have a pint of ice cream and I posted a picture of it and I swear I posted I don't know what's with me on Instagram, but I'm always like, I gotta take a picture of my food. And I probably have uh, like I probably have like four pictures of this one pint of ice cream on my Instagram. It's lemon cookie by three twins, and it's like lemon cookies, like chopped up in this delicious, full fat, organic deliciousness. And I love lemon. I, I think I ate it while I had a lemon biscotti candle burning while I was wearing like my lemon lotion. And I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just everywhere. I'm obsessed with lemon. This is amazing. You should have brought this up on our show. This is strike two, Madeline. <laughs> I've even made, I've even made a lemon, um, lemon poppy seed overnight oats recipe, like trying to make it all clean and healthy. And I like put in, I squeeze a lemon in it. I put some flax seeds in it instead of actual poppy seeds and like, I don't know what else I did, um, like lemon extract and stevia and almond milk and oats, and it came out pretty good. It was kind of watery, but, you know, it tasted like lemon poppy seed cake, not going to lie. It sounds really good. It yeah. sounds really awesome. No, Have I've... you tried Bulletproof ice cream? Bulletproof ice cream? Yeah. What? What is that? Like coffee, yeah. ice cream, <laughs> butter? Well, see, <laughs> yeah, basically. So you know the Bulletproof coffee, right? Right. Yeah. So for your listeners, it's just upgraded coffee, uh, um, upgraded self. You Google it, it's like toxin-free beans or whatever. You put grass-fed butter and you whip it up. You can also put MCT oil or coconut oil in there. MCT. MCT oil. Yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> Don't drink too much of it though. Uh oh. So um, <laughs> so so the upgraded or uh, bulletproof ice cream is amazing. We had a guy come on our podcast and he brought us a batch of it, and. It's basically everything good you can put in ice cream that's really healthy for you, and it tastes like it's like regular Ben and Jerry's or something like it's awesome. And you feel you feel like a million bucks. It's crazy. How much fat do you think you would have in like a, a serving of that? Ooh, I'm not sure. I'd have to pull it. It's a lot because that's basically all it is. It's a lot. It's like 50 grams of coconut oil, you know, 30 grams of MCT oil. It's a lot. Mm. grass-fed butter, cacao butter, and any kind of fat you can think of putting in there, you put it in there. Oh, my God. That, that sounds way too good. That's, I would say dangerous, but it's healthy dangerous, right? <laughs> yeah, it's healthy dangerous. Yeah, your listeners should definitely go look at, check, it, check out the recipe and try it. Who did you say made that? I'm sorry, I missed that. Um, well, a guy that we had come on our podcast oh. a while ago. What's his name? Barry, Barry Blaha. I don't know. I don't know why. Is that Paleo FX? Oh, oh. Speaking of Paleo FX, did you go to picnic in the Paleo food truck in Austin? No, I, I didn't get to go. No, oh, I, I wanted to. Did you go? 
I didn't get to go, but I actually wrote an article about them in Paleo Magazine last year. So I, I got to try out a couple of their things. I got to eat one of their, like, you know, free-range organic salads. And they make – Naomi, who owns the food truck, makes this oh, – man, I'm going to butcher the name. It's called, like, Mocha Chaka Latte Bulletproof Coffee, something like that. It's like a chocolate bulletproof coffee, and inside of it is, like, butter – cacao, like vanilla protein, coffee, more butter, cream, a little more butter, and all whipped up. And it's like, oh my oh, God, it's, it's just so like warming. It's so warming. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I love that stuff. I do that occasionally as well, except I'll put uh, um, organic vanilla whey in there. Mm, yeah. And it makes it Starbucks frap. It's just, oh, it's amazing. Oh, man. I'm daydreaming over here. It sounds so good. <laughs> so when you skip breakfast, then, you never have, like, MCT in your coffee? Because I know that with carb backloading, waking up and putting MCT oil or coconut oil in your coffee is kind of a regular thing. You kind of skip over that part? Um, well, so actually, I don't do a lot of coffee lately. Um, mm. And there's a few reasons for that. One, because of the adrenal problems, coffee really just seems, for whatever reason, I can drink an energy drink sometimes, it'd be fine, but coffee, just, I crash off of it. So I won't do a lot of coffee. Instead, I'll do, like, green tea, and if I do in the morning, then, yeah, I definitely put some MCT oil in there, or some grass-fed butter. MCT or butter in your green tea? Yeah, so it's like what? a bowl of tea. Yeah. <laughs> How's that taste? It's really good. It's interesting, you know, it's not for, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not, it's not like... A piece of liver or something like it's not that bad <laughs> but it's not great you know it's not you gotta learn to like it is what i'm saying oh man what about heavy whipping cream in your tea i kind of think that might be good yeah. yeah i do that as well i don't i try and stay off of dairy oh. uh dairy that, uh, so no dairy ice cream i thought you said you love ice cream yeah i'll do it like once a week that doesn't count as normal dairy. are you calling me out right <laughs> i'm calling you out you health nut <laughs> I know, right? No, so, so the, the pint of ice cream is really like once, once every week or so. Really, like I, I used to have some bad eczema. This is probably TMI, mm. but I had some bad eczema on my back that only flared up only whenever I had dairy. Um, wow, interesting. Dairy, yeah, it's really weird. I don't. Dairy is just one of those things. I don't know. So, but yeah, so that's what I'll do in the mornings. Bulletproof tea, or I'll just have tea, or I'll have yerba mate. I don't know if you've ever experimented with that. It's like a really smoky form of like Argentinian tea that I love. And you get like awesome caffeine boost from it with no crash. So I'll have that sometimes in the morning as well. So if I want to get off coffee, which is not easy for me, like I'm just, I'm so in love with coffee, but it's gotten to the point where I kind of think I'm having too much of it. And it takes, like I have a little Keurig, which is pretty weak. In my opinion, I mean, I like a very strong, strong cup of coffee. And these little Keurigs have these teeny tiny little pods where it's like the size of your pinky. So you really don't get much out of it. And you can't pour much either because it's like, this is how much you should have. So I end up wanting to drink quite a few of those. But instead of doing that, I go over to Starbucks and I get a iced coffee with two shots of espresso. And I do this on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> your, your face. Thanks. Yep. That's the face. He just gave me a very nice face saying that I'm crazy. <laughs> so uh, honestly, I did this for a while. I, I do this actually, but I did this for a while where I didn't feel anything like no buzz, nothing. I don't know why I should have definitely been feeling a buzz, but t I did it today and yesterday and I felt a very strong buzz for the first time in a really long time. And I have no clue why. I have no idea why. Maybe my body's like trying to give me a sign that it doesn't want to handle it anymore. But if I want to kind of fade away from coffee and get off it, how do you do that? Should I expect headaches? Like, how do I get off this coffee? Hmm. This is a this is a tough question. This yeah. Is, <laughs> it's a million dollar question, right? It is. Uh, so the first thing I would say would be to get rid of the curing. Just having, I used to have one and just having it around just one and made me want more coffee. Like just having it there and it was like, oh, sweet, am I going to have a cup or, you mm -hmm. know, 
this one looks good. Or you see it at the grocery store. I'll pick up a couple of those. So definitely get rid of the Keurig. Um, really the biggest thing that I found for me was to one, get over the hump, like just stop drinking it, which is easier said than done. You definitely will have headaches. You'll have uh, low energy in the morning. Once you can get past that, you feel amazing and it's totally worth it. Um, and then from there, what you can do is, what I would suggest doing is to make the best cup of coffee, best quality cup of coffee that you can make and really, really enjoy it. So go for quality instead of quantity. Make it an experience. And I'm getting kind of hipster on everybody. <laughs> uh, but that that really was, was what did it for me. Because I used to do that too, like Starbucks, and then I have a Diet Coke. And then, you know, like I said, I had a, I'm addicted to the caffeine, obviously, and I had to have coffee, and I love coffee. Now I don't drink it so much, but when I do, it's just I make it the best cup of coffee that I can do, that I can make it. And I also make sure that I'm not relying on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I just make it like a really enjoyable experience, like make it bulletproof, do whatever, like make it an awesome cup of coffee. And when you say that your energy is better, is it like really truly better? Honestly, because I, I can only do this if I know <laughs> that it's really going to get better. Yeah, it's so weird. If you're if you're on the coffee, like it doesn't seem like you'd be able to live without it. Mm-hmm. But it's just so much better. I can't even tell you. I'm being 100% honest with you, with all your listeners, like. You just feel so good without it. Like you feel clear. Your head feels clear. You just feel like you don't need it. And you feel like you could have a cup if you want it, but you don't have to have it. And it's just an awesome feeling. Okay. Well, what about this? I mean, you're, you're not having coffee, but you're also keeping your carbohydrates at night. So that kind of helps you with your energy. But what, what about someone who eats carbohydrates during the day? Do you think they should still kind of expect energy slumps at some point? Or does that not matter? Um, I Well, possibly. There's a lot of variables, you know, like how much are you training, all of this stuff. You know, for most people, if you're eating carbs during the day, I would say stop. Like, let's just stop right there. Stop eating carbs during the day. What? <laughs> I hate to say that. I hate to say that. There's just so much research coming out that's telling us that eating eating low carb during the day is the way to go, you know, Aww. especially at least off of breakfast, keeping the carbs after lunch. Okay. Is, is really I, can, I can go with that. I think we can all use a little bit more uh, eggs and bacon in our life. Yeah, totally. Totally. You can never get enough eggs and bacon. I don't know if you can see it. There's a, there's a, there's a I have a poster in the back that says eggs plus coffee plus bacon equals life. It's awesome. Uh, I like it. I can see it. Yeah. I all see, about I see it. the coffee. All about it. For sure. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, I don't remember where I was going with that. I totally just you were saying you're saying eggs and bacon in the morning, and then carbs yeah. for lunch. Yeah. So, so for somebody that is doing carbs throughout the day, yeah, you can probably expect to have some energy swings if you're drinking a lot of coffee as well, because they're both going to take a toll. Um, if you're eating crappy carbs, definitely, like you're going to wake up and have a bowl of Fruit Loops and then down a cup of coffee. You know, some people can handle that. Most people are probably going to have a crash, the 2.30 crash or whatever they call it. You know, you just, you just plummet at 2.30 and you have to have another cup of coffee. Um, if you're eating, for me, if I went and had carbs for breakfast and then I had carbs for lunch and carbs for dinner and I had coffee on top of all that, I, for me, I would definitely have some energy swings. And I know a lot of people that would as well. Yeah, that's one side effect. One thing that I've kind of noticed, which is, which is kind of like – been going on for a while I guess but sometimes when I have coffee for breakfast I get kind of like stomach cramps I mean sorry coffee for breakfast with carbs I get kind of stomach cramps I don't know if like the chemicals in them or they don't react well it might just be um what I'm having with the carbs because the more I research about like food combining and the kind of uh foods that do well with each other that play nicely a lot of times it's like the grains that don't play very nicely with, with types of protein. And, you know, I'm always having some kind of protein for breakfast. Then I'll have carbs and then I'll have coffee. And then I'll have like this. Maybe I'm saying this because I had it today. Might not be every day. But today I had carbs for breakfast and coffee and like just the worst stomach ache. You know, it could have been the two shots of espresso. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that definitely could have been it. <laughs> Did you ever I've never heard that? of that. Never heard of that. Am I weird? No. 
No, I've, I've, I've noticed though. Yeah. I've noticed that if I drink coffee after a meal, though, I, I tend to, I can get like stomach stuff going on, which is really weird. So I typically won't do that. I'll do it before. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Oh, Oh, one other thing oh. I want to mention real quick though, yeah. is to definitely check out if you, if listeners really want to get off coffee is to check out Yerba Mate. Urban that mate. literally is, is like one of the biggest things. Yeah, Yerba Mate. So it's the tea I was talking about. It's got, it's what they use in Five Hour Energy, the little mm. bottles that you can get. Mm-hmm. They actually use Yerba Mate in there as a source of their caffeine. Mm. Or they used to, I don't know if they do anymore, but they do. And that's why you don't crash off of it because it's a different type of caffeine. So you can drink a lot of it, get an amazing buzz, and you won't come down off of it. And you can also sleep while you do it. It's just, it's a miracle drink that if you really want to get off coffee, you guys should definitely go do some research on it. Huh. I've actually mm-hmm. seen some of those at Whole Foods. They sell them in a can, though. So you're probably talking about just the natural, um, like, tea leaves, I guess, what they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you can you can drink the ones in the can. Like, it's called Guayaki. And it, but it has, like, 30 grams of sugar. It's like an energy drink. I wouldn't recommend oh, it. Oh, no way. But, yeah. yeah. It's I would the, again, what we're yeah it distorts the purpose of it yeah exactly exactly if you do it get get the real get the real leaves you can french press it or you can drink it with a papisha straw you can french press it and then you can add your heavy Mm -hmm. whipping cream and your mct oil and your butter to it and make it bulletproof oh (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i've actually tried that oh really yeah crazy oh I would not recommend it. Not recommend That's it. It too awful. funny. It disgusting. That's too funny. I got an amazing, amazing boost from it. I had energy all day. But, oh. Yeah, I bet. Hey, <laughs> why don't you tell us? We're, we're we're coming up to an hour here, so I want one of your health nuttiest moments. Lay it on us. My health nuttiest moments. Yeah, what's something that really stands out to you as, you know, a super health nutty moment that we can resonate with <laughs> oh i have a bunch i was trying to think of a few good ones here one that i've <laughs> one that i've told this before on our podcast i don't know if jeff has told you this probably one of the nuttiest things i did was i bought a uh what is that called it's an ice so it's like a it's an ice ice pack vest it's like a fat loss ice vest I can't remember the exact name of it, but basically it's an ice vest that you wear blocks on your chest, straps, and the goal of that is to reduce your core temperature to the point over several months that you can work up to shivering, that you begin to burn calories in your body oh, and you'll just strip no. that off. Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. and there's actually a lot of research behind cold, you know, cold thermogenesis, cold thermogenesis, I don't know if that's the right word, but cold therapy it actually is really beneficial. I slept better than I ever have. And really? I lost a lot of fat and didn't lose any muscle doing that for a few months. But <laughs> it didn't come without a good story, which is what I, wanted, what I wanted to share with you, which was when I was living in my apartment uh, a year and a half ago when I was doing this, I would do it every night after work. I would have my high-fat meal. Uh, I would take my supplements. I would get down in my underwear. I would wear my strap-on strap-on vest with the ice blocks on the back and on the front. And I'd just like chill around my apartment and I would drink cold glasses of water and turn the thermostat down to 65. And as much as I could tolerate, you know, just glutton for punishment. And <laughs> I just, one day it was really, really cold outside. And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go outside and do this. Like, whatever. Why am I inside my apartment? Let's just go outside. So I'm out in my balcony, hanging out my underwear with a thing on my bed. <laughs> I'm on my chest, walking around, you know, just talking on the cell phone, doing whatever. And four or five people walk by, walking their dog. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh gosh, it's too late. They're already coming. I just, I have to commit. I can't go in. I'm just going to say hi. And they just walk by and they're like, they give me this really weird look. And I just kind of said, Hey, what's up? And they didn't really say anything. They just kept walking. <laughs> and I never had anybody come near my apartment after that. So, there you Oh, go. that's so funny. I'm pretty sure I was labeled the psychopath in the apartment <laughs> complex. I'd just be like, it's for muscle recovery, bro. Muscle recovery. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> I'm getting so shredded, funny. man. <laughs> you, you'd be jealous. You're just jealous. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was probably one of, the, one of the dumber things I've done. Not dumb. Well, it wasn't dumb because I got some benefits out of it, but one of the crazier things I've done. Did you, sure. have a, did you have a rebound after that when your body was like trying to work its way back up? 
temperature wise? No, That's no, good. it actually, it was just benefits all the way around. Like I was able to sustain heat better, mm -hmm. which is crazy. I just wouldn't get as hot during hot weather. I didn't get as cold during cold weather. Like it was, I slept really good. It was, I loved it. Oh. It was a good experience. Good. Jeff good. has talked about that as well. Uh, and he used to, when he lived in France, he would get out in the mornings and he would run with his shirt off and sprint to his classes and stuff just to get the cold effect, you know, like. We're definitely uh, similar in that regard. We try some crazy things. That's so funny. Some crazy stories. Yeah, for anyone that's listening, go check out their podcast. I'll have the link in the blog post. It's an awesome podcast. They share their health nut moments. It's very enjoyable. Um, so before we sign off, can you let us know where you're headed? Where is the Health Nuts Anonymous podcast headed? And where are you, Jay, as an individual headed? Yeah, sure. So Health Nuts Anonymous is just going to get bigger. We can continue to get bigger and bigger named guests on there. Uh, we just had Jonathan Baylor on, which was awesome. It was a quick interview because he's a busy guy, but it was so cool to have him on. If you guys aren't familiar with him, check out uh, The Calorie Myth. I believe this was called the book that he wrote. Um, really awesome guy. So we just have bigger and bigger names getting on. We're up to 13 episodes right now. We've been doing this for about a year. Really, the place we'd like to see it to go is just to get as many cool, entertaining guests on and extract as much useful information as we can from them to provide for our listeners. And really, that's the only goal we have right now is just to expand as much as possible and get really cool guests on, really big name guests. I, you know, I, I have this pipe dream of having Arnold Schwarzenegger on. Oh yeah, which would be sick. It'd be so cool, the biggest health nut ever. So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. If that happens, that. I really want to hop on that call, and I'll be really sad if you don't let me join you. You need a girl. You need a girl on that call. Let me join <laughs> you. I'll be that do girl. We? I will be. Why that do we girl. need a girl on the call? Because you need a soft voice. Arnold's really harsh, and y'all are like, bro. And I'll be like, ah, you know. I don't know. That's not a really good answer. I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be a bro out session. You're going to have to bro out. With I can so on. bro out. Do you do you understand how bro? Do you out even bro? I, I bro so hard. <laughs> bro so hard. I bro All so right. hard it hurts. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yeah, we'll we'll invite you for sure since you're intent on it. Um, cool. so that's where we're going to help us anonymous. www.helpnutsanonymous dot com check it out 13 episodes up they're all enjoyable i'm not just saying that to promote us i really enjoy doing them me and jeff have a passion for it um that's where we're going with us as far as where i'm going uh really for me i'm just maintaining where i'm at like i just i don't have any huge plans at the moment i'm really at the point within the last six months where i can do whatever i want to feel good you know just coming back like the uh stories that i told you about all the recovery and everything i had to do i'm at the pinnacle of that right now so I'm really just trying to maintain it. So, you know, I'll do kettlebell workouts during the week if I feel like it. Really love kettlebells. Maintaining good diet. I'm doing a whole 30 right now. Just kind of like, you know, keeping good habits going is, is where I'm at right now. And we'll see what the future holds. That is a that's a great answer. And last question. I'm kind of making this a new thing. So you're the first person I'll ask this to. I'm sorry if it's kind of a tough question, awesome. but. <laughs> if you could give anyone advice on how to strengthen their mind-body connection or find kind of some satiation with their mind-body connection and really thrive, what would you tell them? Hmm. Their mind-body connection. Well, I, for me, that what that translates to is what we've talked about a few times during this episode already, and that's being intuitive. And I hate to use this phrase, but listening to your body you can phrase that differently if you want on your website because <laughs> everybody says it. It's so cliche, but uh, that really is for me what the mind body connection is about is, is not having that, that disconnect there between this isn't working for my body and my mind ignoring it because that's just what I do. Mm -hmm. Really tune in with what it is you're doing constantly with your actions and your thoughts. Uh, so my piece of advice to be able to get to that point where you're tuned in consciously to what you're doing and to build that connection between what's going on in, in your life and with your mind and your body, my piece of advice would be to start with your health, obviously, and do that by starting with eating either fasting or eating a high-fat diet. 
Mm -hmm. So I know answer. That, that seems like, yeah, I know that seems like a simple answer, like just eat more fat. But that really is fat, good fat. I'm not talking about like cans of, of Jiffy or Vienna sausages or something. I'm talking about coconut oil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like good fat that we've discussed during these episodes. Salmon, wild caught, uh, sockeye salmon. Good fat nourishes the brain. And, you know, when it comes down to it, that's where it's all at. That's where the brain's at. So if your brain's turned off, you're never going to have a mind-body connection. So if you eat more fat, turn your brain on, that's really the first step. That's an awesome answer and that's that's the best oh. that's the best answer so far for that question <laughs> awesome i'm glad i'm glad all right cool well thank you so much jay for joining us this was an um, awesome episode and i think that everyone's going to really enjoy it and learn to eat more fat and feel better yeah for sure thanks for having me madeline that was a blast awesome bye jay yeah thank you everyone for listening I'm Maddie Moon, and you've been listening to the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate and review it in the iTunes store, as well as subscribe. Also, please remember I'm glad to continue the conversation on my website, moonfitness.net, where you can also sign up for my free e-course, Mind Body Satisfaction Sacrifice Free. I created this e-course to help everyone that struggles with body image, dieting, overtraining, and negative self-esteem to learn how to not only accept who you are, but love who you are. This is coming from an ex-fitness model and bikini competitor, so trust me, I know what it's like to have those struggles and to want to be free of them. So please, if any of that sounds good, head on over to moonfitness.net and sign up. Thanks for listening.